0: Welcome to the house of the Lord this morning. Welcome online as well. We thank you for joining us. For those that are here today, for the new ones, thank you for coming. May God bless you and may he open up heaven for you. Uh, Today, my name is uh, Pastor Mona. I am the lead pastor of Living Hope. And we are here going to be speaking on the things that God has miraculously done for this church body in the last 25 years. We have been here, and we are going to see how our small beginnings had tremendous potential and how God has made it a great thing. Amen? So I and I prayed before. I just sensed that there's such a battle in the heavenlies this morning. Um, I'm not too sure what you're going through. Uh, maybe this message is going to help you to understand that there's a bigger picture to your small beginnings. There's a bigger picture to what you're going through, and if you only would trust God to actually look for that, what he's doing in the midst of this, I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. So today we're doing a message called Small Beginnings. Um, You know, God is all about small beginnings. And it doesn't matter to him how far gone we might be feeling this morning and how lost we might be even experiencing that sense of, you know, where are we going from here? You know, sometimes we're so messed up, (laughs) we can't see clearly. You know, we are weak and afraid at times, and all of the cares start weighing us down to the point where we don't really see where God is. He loves to see a work begin in us individually, but also too corporately. His church body, the ones that he's called out, the ones that he has adopted into his family, he wants you to understand that there are so much bigger things before us. That saw, I saw this quote that said, from all small beginnings come great things. You know, if we would understand that sometimes we have to start at one place, and we sometimes look at that small place of change or that small place of, you know, of decision or what we are fighting against or what we think, we, we, we sometimes despise it. Because we just want it to be bigger, faster, quicker. And yet God is so in the the waiting. He's in the the, the process of you waiting and seeking him while you're seeing, while you you are looking at this small thing before you. So the definition of what small things are is normally this. It says what normally happens with small things is that it's a lot of work. When we start, it, it means that we have to do a lot of work and it brings, we have to bring a lot of effort into it with minimal support and encouragement at time because a lot of people don't know what your small thing is all about and yet you still have to go forward, don't you? You still have to go and sometimes you don't have the support. Small things often require a lot of dedication and commitment even though you see nothing change. A lot of time... And hours are put in to those small things. And when we start, we don't know, you know, if we're going to see anything great come out of it. It also is not unusual that the small things, well, while we start those small things, we could experience setbacks in one way or another. Who has never experienced setbacks? Uh, Okay, there's only one or two? Uh, (laughs) Many of us have. And, you know, so the important thing is that we should be keeping going, not to give up. Because in those small things, like I said, there's great potential and great things that could come from it. Here at Living Hope, we also had a small beginning. (laughs) Over the years... We saw how God rebuilt not only the physical aspect of the building, he built upon our lives over and over and over again. For the last 25 years, this church had started at the beginning, 25 years ago, it started from a divided congregation, a broken congregation, with the people of God who were so wounded and lost, they couldn't really see any hope anymore. And so when we started, we rented a place called the Women's Institute just down the road where we gathered with folded chairs, picnic chairs, walked in with our chairs and came to anticipate hearing truth. Many of us had been so broken and so uh, disillusioned with the church that we came going, this is my last try. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I just need something. God in his infinite love and compassion took that small beginning and miraculously brought us here. He built over and over again. As we have journeyed from this small beginning, many didn't understand what God was doing. Some even despised the work that we were doing and also they didn't understand the sacrifice, nor the heart behind why we did what we did. Nevertheless, God kept bringing people to build his church. This quote really brought uh, reality is that truth, the truth of the matter is that we, we all need to start somewhere. Despite the chaos, despite the mess, God needed to start somewhere. He was calling out for one, two people, three people to just say yes at that appropriate time. Maybe he's doing the same thing with you, in your home, with your marriage. He's calling one or two, or he's calling a child or a grandmother to start praying, to start seeking and take hold of God for their family. We need to understand we have to start somewhere but it requires that we move from where we are to where God is. I remember our small beginnings. Pastor Glenn and I had sensed that God wanted to do something greater than what man could do. And so when we first arrived, we believed that he wanted to do a new thing. Isaiah 4, 3, 19 was one verse that he gave us before we even arrived here. And it said, forget the former things... Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? See, I am doing a new thing. It springs up, and do you not perceive it? It says, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Many of us here could stand up and give glory to God, the measure of what he has done in this area, this dark area up north, and how God just parted the darkness and brought a seed of light. The new thing God was doing was to bring blessing and a new path ahead for his people. God's people had lost their way, and their love of God had waxed cold. The small beginning of this church gave many people hope and a safe place to heal, I've seen God bring people back from great deception. I've seen God ignite the love for him once again. I've seen him heal hearts. I've seen him show and demonstrate his character and his ways and his faithfulness to sometimes a people who were faithless. I have seen God go after our fears and our doubt that hindered us. And most of all, I saw the small beginnings which was really part of a bigger plan from God. God is planning something awesome for, his, for our lives, individually, and for the life of this church for the future. We are in the process right now to do a fundraiser. We started in December, and it's a campaign to extend this sanctuary. And we know that the reason why we want to extend it is actually goes back to the small beginnings. God wants to reach as many as he can for Christ. So we need to increase our capacity for seeding so that we can reach more for Jesus. It's not difficult. It was always very simple. In that small beginning, God said, I have great things I need to do. In order to do that, he had to give us a place, which he did. This place was bought from a, a pastor who had the heart from God who said, Listen, I'm going to sow into that church because I believe God is doing a great work. And so he bought outright the building. And since then, God has been moving and doing what he needs to do. And But we need more room, Beloved. Now, many are not here this morning, but the reality is that if everybody came, we would not have any room. And we have seen over the years new people come in, new people giving their lives to God. We have seen the reality of what God and God alone can do. But we also need a bigger place so God can continue training and equipping his saints for the assignment that he's given us. In Matthew 18, uh, 28 18, it says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. This is our Jesus. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments I have given you. And be sure of this I am with you always, even to the end of the, year, the, the age. See, as believers, we have been commissioned to be involved in God and, and what God is doing throughout the world. It's not just here in the North Shore. We can be confident that there is no unmovable uh, obstacle that God can't take care of, and there is nothing that he can't conquer. When God's Spirit is at work through us, We will accomplish the goal uh, that he has set before us. He's going to help us accomplish that goal. When we submit to his plan and we gain fresh strength and courage from his truth, we will, no matter what, no matter how much it's overwhelming or it's complicated or it's impossible, the task that is before us, no matter what it is here, as a church, but even us individually. What you are going through, your small beginning right now, the shift that God is saying and speaking into your life, I want to do a new thing. But, beloved, we have to permit God to do that. That's where submission comes into play. We, right now, have reached 67, over 67,000 but in order to finish the project from start to finish, we will need 150. Now, I have seen God supply all of our needs over a course of 25 years. Every time we've built from that small little square box, every time we built, God always showed up. God has proven himself faithful over and over again. Now, I know that as I've sought him and I've journeyed in the last several years, I've recognized that I've been asking God, how are you going to unfold this? Have you ever asked that to God in your, in your private life? How are you going to unfold this? You know, where doubt and fear is the undercurrent at times, the uncertainty, the lack of hope because we're not seeing very many things happening. Do we not ask God, how are you going to unfold this? And last week, God reminded me of another group of people who were asked to, uh, asked to go to rebuild the temple uh, and the temple of God, the sanctuary, and Jerusalem. In Zechariah 4, 1 to 10, we see the big story. But before I go to read some of this, I need to give you the background and context. Because if you don't know the story, you're going to miss the point. All right? So the story goes like this in 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 586 BC, the armies of Nebuchadnezzar captured Jerusalem, which marked the end of the kingdom of Judah. The people of Judah and Jerusalem were taken captive into Babylon, where they were forced to live there for 70 years. When the Babylon Empire fell to the Persian Empire, Cyrus the Great decreed that the Jews would come and return to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. When it was time for them to return to Jerusalem, unfortunately, very few chose not to go back. I think the reason why is that they were very comfortable in Babylon. They were comfortable, and it was easier. They did not want to return to a desolate, decimated land to restart from scratch. See, a small majority, about 50,000 Jews, returned under the leadership of Zerubbabel. He was the governor, and he was a civic leader asked to build the city of Jerusalem and the temple of God. See, God gave Zechariah, the prophet, to the people of Judah to rebuild. He gave, him, gave them a word. But the task of rebuilding had become a huge burden. When you start reading the book, you saw how heavy the burden became. They had very little resources, very little uh, manpower to rebuild. And because of it, the rebuilding stalled. Zerubbabel wanted to give up. The Lord had sent him an angel to deliver a word to encourage Zerubbabel through the prophet Zechariah, and I believe that's the word for us right now as we go forward in the building project here. We are going to be starting May 15 and breaking the grounds, but we know that we only have, whoo, whoo, yes, just do it. Okay, go Woo-hoo. ahead. Yes. I didn't give too much of a pause there. We know that we only have enough to do the breaking, uh, breaking of the grounds and to seal the building up, but not use it yet. But I truly believe just as these people needed to look to God and to remain faithful in doing what God was asking them to do, to stay on our post while he worked behind the scene, I believe God is asking us the same. He says to in Ze- uh, Zechariah 4, 6 to 7, he says, So he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord, says the Lord Almighty. What are you, mighty mountain, before Zerubbabel? You will become a level ground. And then he goes on in verse ten. He says, "Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work began, begin to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. Just as God had been committed to help the people in the past, He will be committed to help us at this particular junction. And just as Zerubbabel couldn't do it on his own, he needed the people to help him finish." God's plan we will need everyone to roll up their sleeves and to help and you know what I find so encouraging and why I feel that I could rejoice is that I have never seen God fail us in every step that he's asked us to move every time he told us move and we did he always blessed it we are all a testimony of that maybe personally God is asking you move move And if you do, God will bless your step. Do you ever wonder, though, how people serving the living God could become so discouraged or distracted that they would walk away from the important task God had called them to do? Have you ever wondered that? I have. I've seen many people come through these doors and forgot about you know, the the potential of the small beginning and stopped working for the kingdom of God or literally walked away, I've wondered, what is it that caused them to be so discouraged and distracted to walking away with what God has called us to do? In most cases, it seems to make little sense to me as I look at the history. Sure, there's pressures All of us have pressures in life, and stress is a normal part of our life, especially when we are in a position of responsibility. Yet there is a common reason why many of God's servants are unsuccessful, and it is this, they do not do his work his way. Many of us are unsuccessful personally because we don't do his work his way. Corporately, because we don't do his work his way. Are you getting this? I believe God is encouraging us through this verse, not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit. Just as God did expect his people in Jerusalem uh, in Zerubbabel's time, he doesn't expect us to accomplish the work on our own. On the contrary, the construction of this new sanctuary can only be completed if we trust and obey God as we go forward. Now, many of you are excited. You men who are contractors and workers, I see the team rallying around uh, Mark at this point, and you're saying to him, hey, I'm in. I'm in. I I, I do shift work, but I'm going to be there whenever I can. I've recognized that God has put within you that sense of anticipation and excitement because, you see, you have seen what God can do with small beginnings. You have seen what God can do because, you see, there is so much more we need to do. This is never, it was never about us, beloved. It was about God reaching as many as he could because there are many in this area that are so oppressed and don't try, they, don't, they have no hope. And we have the hope. We have the light. We were never meant to sit at our seats and do nothing with our lives. We were never meant to be quiet and hide so we can be safe. We were meant to proclaim the goodness and beauty and power of our Lord. God has been and will forever be with us. See, there are two ways to approach God's work, either us corporately or us individually. First, you can do it in the flesh, depending on your own influence, personality, giftings, resources, education, and experience. Or second, you can accomplish the task God's way through the direction and the power of the Holy Spirit. At my age, beloved, I... Don't want to do it the way of the flesh. I've been there. I've done that. My time is limited now. I want to do what God is asking me to do, but I cannot do it without him. Mm -hmm. So why is this relevant that we understand there's two ways to build, two ways to go forward? 1 Corinthians 3, 12 to 15 says this, It explains this. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, and costly stone, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If what has been reward. Um, sorry, if it is burnt up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through flames. The scripture has nothing to do about salvation, it's about how we are letting the Holy Spirit move upon us right now. In those small beginnings, those new things that God is trying to do in us individually and corporately. Are we letting the Holy Spirit lead us? So what is the work that will be consumed? Anything we do according to the flesh, those things we do for ourselves and not in keeping with God's plans and commandments. I'm sorry, beloved. I've seen way too many marriages break down because we want to do it our way. I've seen too many children, our children, our beloved children and grandchildren want nothing to do with God or don't even see their need for God in this wicked world. I have seen way too many things to, to, to show me that many of us have done it our way and not God. In the end, the only thing that will remain are those things that have been done in obedience to him. That is why, as a leader, I have come to understand that we cannot measure the greatness of a church by members alone. I saw this quote. I kind of liked it. It says, you don't have to be a mega church to be a major church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we small churches in, the air, in, the, in small areas, we think we are insignificant, but we are so far from that. A major church is a healthy church. Christian Schwartz says this, healthy churches are growing churches making more and better disciples in loving obedience to Christ. That's what healthy churches do. They make better disciples. So remember the new thing that God wanted to bring at the beginning, the new path he wanted to develop? For years, we have focused on two things. You see, I'm not very complicated. Two things, know God and make him known. That has been my heart. Know God and make him known. Knowing God required that we were intentional, not only from this pulpit to give you truth, but to give you opportunity to grow in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord. Through small groups, seminars, Bible studies, we did it all, counseling, and we still do that. Our purpose was to help you know God, to help you discover your freedom in Christ, and to love him and serve others as we should to discover our purpose and to help us make a difference in the area that he's planted us. See, it was never about the work or where you work. Your address means nothing to God. It's about how you're going to be used by the Holy Spirit because maybe God is giving you an opportunity, this small thing, but don't you understand in that small thing there's great potential and great things that could happen? If only we would let him do it his way. So we... Have understood the importance of teaching and discipleship in this church. And we knew that we wanted to, great, to be healthy because we know what scripture says in Ephesians 5 1 to 2, it says this therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, of God as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also has loved us and given Himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice. To God for a sweet-smelling aroma. So let's be honest this morning. Every small beginning, from the spiritual aspect in our life to the personal stuff, God has used. The fact is, sometimes our small beginnings are not used at all. And we don't move from the beginning. And I'm telling you, God is just telling us, move. Follow. Obey. Don't worry about the rest. I will do the rest. What is small can become great. This is why starting May 1st, we will be bringing changes to our website and our app. We will funnel everything that we do in this church as we do right now currently to help you know God and to make him known through our website. We will gradually move away from Facebook page and Facebook groups to this new website and app. Yes, yes complicated, you're saying, oh my goodness, changes. (laughs) Trust me, these ones are easy changes. This platform is easy to go in, much easier than all the platforms we've used before to help our people stay the course. The website, the app, the online giving is to help you stay faithful to God. And so now we're bringing in something very simple. And for this moment, we are in training. Our team is in training because we want to do this well for God. We believe the small beginning has great potential when it comes to the online giving, online reaching, the people who do not know him. See, the reality is this. Together we have prayed for direction, have we not? Have we not prayed for guidance from God? And while we, we, we have been waiting for God to answer, have we not kept going? Have we not kept coming? Have we not kept continuing and building his kingdom? Yes, we did. And this is exactly why I know God is rejoicing today. It has been challenging and disheartened at times. We ran into oppositions, and some have abandoned the work of the kingdom, and for that I grieve. But there is nothing I can do about it. Only God can do that. But here today, we must not forget where we come from. We must never forget and believe that God will complete this work, and just as he's done it for Zerubbabel, he's going to do it in our midst for a greater purpose than what we can see today. And so I'm going to ask the worship team to come up because I am finishing this message. Hey, you're thinking, hey, she might have another 15, 20 minutes. Uh Uh-huh. Well, I do. No, (laughs) I don't. I don't. See, the promise of God are fulfilled in our lives little by little, one step at a time. It's in your small beginning that God is forming in you the ability to be fruitful and the character to sustain it. Believing that in your small beginnings, God is developing things in you that will be relevant for your future. In this small beginning, in all of what we're going to be doing in the months to come, it's going to be relevant for the future, beloved. Everything that God asked us to do was either a forewarning or a preparation or outright glorious, his presence. Let us never despise small beginnings. God is rejoicing because we are continuing his work. Continue his work, beloved. Zerubbabel says, Do not despise small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. This quote that I saw was a pretty phenomenal quote. It says, God will rejoice at the beginning of your work, and God will rejoice at the completion of your work. Any way you look at it, rejoicing is coming. Amen? Amen? Anything that we are dealing with, if we do it his way and we believe and we put our confidence in the right place and we understand that whatever we do, it is going to be relevant for the future. Maybe today your new beginning or your small beginning is about turning away from something that God has exposed. Maybe it's about obeying a direction of God. Something that he's been nudging you over a period of time. Maybe it is about just simply coming against those lies that don't line up to the Word of God. Maybe today it is about you making a decision to turn your life to God as Lord and Savior. Where you come and you acknowledge, God, I can't manage my life. I am powerless to change. But the good news, you tell me, if I believe that you died and rose again so that I can have new life, that I'd be saved. That if I confess, God, I have sinned against you and walked independently of you for years, I just have to look at my life. But God, you are the way maker, the promise keeper. Isn't he the one who brings miracles in our lives? Beloved, wherever you are today, as we sing this song, you go and you speak to God. You Come, get prayer. If you need to talk to me about your decision with Christ, you come and see me because we'll give you a gift today of a new Bible and a plan that you can follow so you can actually stay the course and learn how to love him. God is not finished with us, beloved. Amen? Do you know that God loves you? Good. So I don't have to say it. Good.